This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard over at Payne.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for leaving those five-star reviews and comments over an Apple podcast. It really does help us. I appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who sl- uh, signed up with us at pain.tv slash gold. We appreciate that as well, folks. Yesterday, we went into the fake meat industry, which would not really be called meat, so maybe just the fake food industry, we'll call it fake food, and then we went further into the metaverse, I gave you guys some examples of some of the metaverse second life worlds that are out there, and then we went deeper into the World Economic Forum metaverse panel discussion and so we're going to finish that up today but first let me just address the uh elephant in the room because i told you guys yesterday i was going to get to this so on september 12 2022 a few days ago the joe biden white house released the executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. And so I know, I know I have to review this. It fits right in line with what we're doing here at the Dustin Gold Standard. It fits in with the first 31 episodes of this show. It sort of brings to fruition. And as some of you at pain.tv slash gold said, it kind of proves everything that we've been discussing here at the Dustin Gold Standard. And I normally do not react to breaking news. I try not to do that because the news cycle is generally uh, 24 hours and it, uh, it's built for an ADD generation. And so I try not to respond to breaking news. But in this particular case, obviously, this executive order does fit into everything that we are talking about here. And so first, I just want, I'm not going to do a full review of this today. I'm actually planning on recording that tomorrow and Saturday because it's going to take about two episodes to go through this entire document. 
Now, I will give a shout out to technocracy.news. This is Patrick Wood. I've reached out to him. Would love to have him on the show, but I don't know. Some of these people are part of a clique. They don't respond to us over here at pain.tv slash gold. Maybe we're not big enough for them or they're not allowed to cross promote. I don't know what the deal is, but if any of you guys communicate or DM with Patrick Wood, please tell him that our show is in line with uh, his content, Whitney Webb's content, and that type of stuff that's out there. Obviously, you guys know the flavor of my show compared to those shows. If you listen, and you could tell him the differences between my show and his show. And so that would be uh, awesome if we could get him on. But again, it's sometimes it's out of my control. Anyway, Patrick, though, went through and highlighted in red, which I have up on the screen, all of sort of the important parts of this executive order that jumped out at him and i will be going through the entire executive order and reading it to you but let's just look at this one piece right here because it's very important uh this is what stands out the most right up front here in the let's see one two three four the fourth paragraph of this executive order it says for biotechnology and biomanufacturing to help us achieve our societal goals the united states needs to invest in foundational scientific capabilities i didn't know uh, i didn't get a memo i don't know if you did did you get a fax did you get a text message uh maybe an email on our societal goals i mean i don't know i don't know what those are where are those posted anyway it goes on to say we need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictability um, and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers semicolon unlock the power of biological data including through computing tools and artificial intelligence and advance the science of scale-up production while reducing the obstacles for commercialization so that innovative technologies and products can reach markets faster so it says folks we need to develop genetic engineering technologies right and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the way in which we write software and program computers i don't know that sounds very familiar it sounds similar to the words of i don't know yuval noah harari maybe calling us hackable animals where they want to be able to write circuitry for cells, predictably program biology, and do it in the same way they can write software and program computers. They want to hack us, folks. And so this goes on to talk about genetic engineering and stuff. 
We've touched on all this in this show. We've touched on that briefly. I was actually getting to the point in the next couple of weeks, I wanted to do Operation Paperclip first, talk about genetic modification and go deeper into nanobots within our bodies and get into CRISPR-Cas9 where they can uh, genetically modify us away from our own parents' DNA. But now Biden went and jumped the gun and put this out here. So tomorrow and Saturday we'll cover this but let me just remind you of something we talked about this a few shows ago if you remember here folks i have up on the screen the hill.com and this is john Kerry reveals biden's devotion to radical great reset movement and this is from december 3rd 2020 remember i told you that was during the trump transition so trump had already lost the election And then he was going to be out of office January 20th, 2021. And so John Kerry, let me just reread this to you because now this executive order further proves, further proves not only is Biden pushing forward with the Great Reset and Biden is on board with the Fourth Industrial Revolution, Biden is on board with helping move this transhumanist agenda forward of which Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law, just admitted to being a few weeks ago on the show with Richard Grinnell when he said he would be either the last generation to die or the first generation to live forever. So let me just reiterate here. It says, in June, elites at important international institutions such as the World Economic Forum and the United Nations launched a far-reaching campaign to reset the global economy. The plan involves dramatically increasing the power of government through expansive new social programs like the Green New Deal and using vast regulatory schemes and government programs to coerce corporations into supporting left-wing causes. And it goes way, way further than that. It goes into a global reset of the monetary system. It goes into ushering in the fourth industrial revolution technologies. It goes into further expansion of the Internet of Things, Internet of Bodies, Internet of Senses, smart cities, and the development of the metaverse. It goes into the merger of the physical, biological, and cyber worlds. That would be the brain chips in your head. That would be plugging us into this matrix metaverse, uh, turning humans into batteries, using human DNA as storage drives, all of the stuff that we covered here, developing brain uploading technology, developing mind twins, killer robots, everything else we've talked about is all part of this fourth industrial revolution kicked off by the Great Reset. I'll continue just to refresh your memory. It says, the two justifications for the proposal, which has been aptly named by its supporters the Great Reset, are the COVID-19 pandemic, which is the short-term justification, and the so-called climate crisis caused by global warming which is the long-term justification and i find this article to be accurate in that assessment so obviously they use covid19 to push forward the technology of the fourth industrial revolution and then they're using the guise of climate change and global warming as this long-term justification And then they're using the ESGs and such inside of companies. They're strong-arming the companies with investments from BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street. 
And so as you go further into the article, let's just tell you what happened for those of you that uh, that missed this. Okay, so John Kerry goes over and he talks to the World Economic Forum. And it was a panel discussion about the Great Reset. And it was hosted by World Economic Forum. It was mid-November of 2022, so just a week after Donald Trump lost the election. And we can argue that in another show. But former Secretary of State John Kerry, Biden's would-be special presidential envoy for climate, firmly declared that the Biden administration will support the Great Reset and that the Great Reset, quote, will happen with greater speed and with greater intensity than a lot of people might imagine, end quote, said John Kerry. When asked by panel host Borge Brendy whether the World Economic Forum and other Great Reset supporters are, quote, expecting too much too soon from the new president, from Biden, or is he going to deliver first day on these topics? John Kerry responded, the answer to your question is no, you're not expecting too much. And yes, the Great Reset will happen. And I think it will happen with greater speed and with greater intensity than a lot of the people might imagine. And then he went on to say that basically the people of this country did a Great Reset. They voted in record numbers for Biden and Trump was out of office. And so the Great Reset will move forward. Kerry later argued that the Great Reset is necessary to slow the, quote, climate crisis, and that, I know Joe Biden believes it's not enough just to rejoin the Paris Climate Accords for the United States. It's not enough for us to just do the minimum of what Paris requires. Kerry also said that because of the Great Reset movement, he believes we're at the dawn of an extremely exciting time, the greatest opportunity we have to address social and economic problems is dealing with the climate crisis. And so the point I am making here, folks, is John Kerry, Lurch, he goes over to the World Economic Forum a week after Joe Biden is uh, declared winner of the 2020 presidential race. And he tells the World Economic Forum that Biden is going to accelerate the Great Reset. Now, in my opinion, the Great Reset was, it could have been earlier, but it was under Trump with COVID-19. Okay, that was the beginning of ushering in the technocracy, the rule by the scientists and the engineers and the doctors like Dr. Anthony Fauci. Okay, Dr. Anthony Fauci got to rule over us. And so he gets to rule over us. So the Great Reset comes in. Fourth Industrial Revolution is ushered in. I believe Biden's job is to push the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And then two days ago, ba-boom, executive order comes up on... Advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. So that's how we got here. Meanwhile, a couple weeks before this, Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, one of the people I hated the most, absolute most in the entire Trump White House, was Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump. And Jared Kushner comes out and says he's a transhumanist. Okay, Does this all make sense to you now? So this is why 
we are going to get into this piece over the next two days. And let me just remind you this, because we, we did a piece, I think episode 16 maybe, I did a special report. And that covered when Jared Kushner came out and said he was a transhumanist. Now, that was widely reported within certain circles. Well, as of today, as of a couple hours ago, the GOP, with Trump's approval, his name on it, are still using Jared Kushner as a fundraising tool to sell his memoir, his book. So Trump and or the GOP obviously don't care about this concept of transhumanism which i've showed you they also call post-humanism which is anti-humanism it's beyond humans humans gone something new comes about and so now this is what we're up against we have the biden white house putting this out here getting ready for genetic modification and on the other hand you have the trump side with jared kushner still being pushed by trump and the gop saying that he's a transhumanist so this is it folks it goes to show you and it proves that this is going on on both sides there are no sides these guys are the technocrats they are the social engineering prison planet wardens and they are the transhumanists let that sink in folks i will be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold, and I am back from the break right here at the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the executive order straight from the White House. They're coming to modify us. They want their cyborgs, folks. They want their cyborgs. The eugenics program continues. So, ladies and gentlemen, before we jump back into the World Economic Forum panel discussion, which we are finishing up today one way or another, I'm clearing my desk of this because that will get us uh we would have been through internet of things i mean in this series internet of things internet of bodies internet of senses smart cities we put fake me in there and now uh metaverse and so we'll have all that wrapped up eventually i'm going to circle back around we will get into the components that comprise the metaverse the uh, cryptocurrencies the central bank digital currency the uh, nfts the non-fungible tokens and uh things of that nature so you can understand some of the inner workings of the metaverse we will get into that but i pulled an exciting clip one something that i always mention here but i've never actually played it yes i have a clip of it in the opening of the show but this is the most important scene from the original matrix movie where Morpheus is explaining to Neo what exactly the Matrix is, how it came about, how the world was destroyed by artificial intelligence. And I just want you to put this into context with everything we're talking about. Because I think if you re-listen to this clip, it's going to click with you that all of the technology we've talked about, everything we've reviewed up to this point, the words of Yuval Noah Harari, 
the words of Ray Kurzweil, the words of Peter Thiel, the words of Elon Musk, and all of these other players in this sphere of technocracy, it will all make sense to you because they told us what they were going to do in the movie The Matrix and everything we've reviewed that's happening in real life with real investments, with real government money and power behind them is exactly what was in The Matrix. And when we go back a little further uh, from The Matrix, before The Matrix by a few years, was the 1995 paper I started reading you, Industrial Society and its Future, which we're going to get further into in this show. We are going to go back to that. And so I want to play this for you. Think about it in context of the metaverse, of the technologies I've been talking to you about, of the brain chip. If you're watching the video at pain.tv slash gold, you'll get all the visuals. You will see what is visualized as obviously like Elon Musk brain chip would be the plug that goes into Neo's head. And so... Let's watch this clip together because I really do believe it pulls a lot of these abstract ideas we've been talking about all into one trailer. I would call this a trailer for the metaverse. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, The Matrix. So Neo is standing in this room. is the construct. It's our loading program. We can load anything from... Clothing, to equipment, weapons, training simulations, anything we need. Now, let's stop for a second, folks. You hear they can load clothing and weapons and equipment and such. Those are all what I've been talking to you about, the digital goods that you buy inside of the metaverse. The just say no t-shirt that you can carry with you from world to world. You know, those are the digital weapons that Lars Butler was selling you 10 years ago back in his Tryon's World's Games. Okay? So, just again, that's what I'm talking about. Think about this in context to what we have discussed here on the show. It's our loading program. We can load anything from clothing equipment, weapons, training simulations, anything we need. Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different, the plugs in your arms and head are gone. Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection of your digital self. That is a mind twin, folks. They're talking about a mind twin, the digital projection of your real self. This this isn't real. Okay, so Neo is leaning on a chair and he says, this isn't real. Well, remember the conversation I showed you with Deepak Chopra? where he talked about nothing is real, everything around us is nothingness. You see, the real people, the salesmen, the propagandists in real life are echoing this bit of predictive programming that we watched in The Matrix over 20 years ago. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply 
electrical signals interpreted by your brain. Okay, again, that's like Deepak Chopra, right? Nothing is real. Everything is interpreted by electric signals in your brain. Well, what is it that Elon Musk talked about doing with the brain chip? Putting a thousand wires down into your brain with a thousand twenty-four electrodes on each one, and they basically tickle your brain, and that's what creates um, the signals that your brain would normally interpret from your interaction with real life. They will simulate that inside your brain using the electrodes. This is the world that you know. Okay, so now Morpheus turns on this old vintage television and it's going to play uh, a video here for neo and don't worry folks when i'm done talking through and analyzing this for you piece by piece i'm going to go back and play the whole clip straight through so that you can listen to it without me interrupting but right now i want to just analyze it for you so you understand the purpose of this the world as it was at the end of the 20th century it exists now only as part of a neural interactive simulation that we call the matrix okay so he's showing neo a video of like new york city skyline and then you're looking at sort of uh, cars driving over a bridge and so he's telling him this used to exist but now it's basically just the matrix and think of the matrix synonymous with the metaverse you've been living in a dream world neo this is the world as it exists today. So now he's showing him a video. Morpheus is showing Neo a video of the skyline, but it's all black. It's all dark. Everything is covered with soot and it looks destroyed. Okay. And just think about this in the way that I explained to you that what they're attempting to do here is to control the real world our natural world surround it with all of this prison planet surveillance technology hijack the environment under the guise of us having polluted the environment and now they need to take control of it and they're going to destroy and make the real world miserable so that we will want nothing more than to be driven into the simulation the matrix the metaverse okay Okay, so now they're sitting out in this dark, dusty, lightning is coming down. They're like basically in a destroyed, and it basically looks like a mountainscape that was hit with a nuclear bomb, okay? So everything is dark and dusty and disgusting. We have only bits and pieces of information, but what we know for certain is that at some point in the early 21st century, all of mankind was united in celebration. We marveled at our own magnificence as we gave birth to AI. AI. You mean artificial intelligence. 
Okay, so okay, so that's important. He says there that early in the 21st century, uh, let me see, are we there? Um, that man had marveled in its glory that we had created artificial intelligence. Well, folks, that's where we are at right now, are we not? Now, let's listen to what they say. Singular consciousness that spawned an entire race of machines. Okay, he said that it created a singular consciousness that spawned a race of machines. Well, what has Ray Kurzweil been talking about? What has Peter Thiel been funding? What conferences has Thiel been speaking at? What does Elon Musk talk about? Singularity. And so you hear Morpheus say, a singular, singular, a singular consciousness. And so singularity in the sense of Ray Kurzweil, sort of the modern um, inventor, the one who popularized that term, is the singular consciousness, the merger of man and machine, the point in which AI becomes smarter than human, and human has no uh, option but to join, but to merge, but to become um, symbiotic with the machine with the artificial intelligence. So Morpheus is saying it right here, but we've heard it come from Peter Thiel and Ray Kurzweil and the current technocrats. We don't know who struck first, us or them, but we know that it was us that scorched the sky. Okay, so now the sky is showing these uh, clouds going across the sun. So Morpheus is saying he's not sure who started the war first, the machines or the humans. Okay, but it was the humans that scorched the sky. So now the sky is black. There is no sun. That's why it shows you that everything is dark. At the time, they were dependent on solar power, and it was believed that they would be unable to survive without an energy source as abundant as the sun. Okay, so did you hear what they said? He said the machines were running on solar energy. And so it was believed that the machines could only thrive, could only survive on the power of the sun. And so now what's happening is the sun has been blacked out because we humans had scorched the skies, blocked out the sun. Okay, let's continue. Throughout human history, we have been dependent on machines to survive fate it seems is not without a sense of irony okay okay this is getting good because now he's saying in there morpheus is telling neo that we humans had to rely on the robots to survive as what is happening here today the more we sell out our freedom and liberty as i've said on the show for perceived convenience the more we humans give away our own autonomy our own independence our own rugged individualism as we give that away to the technologists as we give that away to technology we then become reliant on the technology. Oh, I can't jog anymore because I can't read my heart rate off of the Fitbit. Oh, I can't make money anymore because I'm a web developer and I need a computer. Oh, I can't drive anymore because I have an electric car. So see, if the grid goes down or the internet goes down, we humans are so reliant on those machines, those robots, that artificial intelligence, that technology in general. We become so reliant on it that 
if the banking system collapses, you won't be able to get health care because you can't access your your um, insurance cards on your phone. Everything we've given away to them that we no longer have on paper or in physical form, or we don't have the skills to survive without the technology, or the skills that we can barter and trade for food or whatever because we're a computer programmer, and without computers, we have no more skills. We have nothing we can barter. We're not a mechanic working on an old engine or a blacksmith who can hammer metal or a gunsmith that can build firearms. No, we are completely reliant on the system, and that's the point of that. When I get back, we're going to finish analyzing this, and then I'll play it in full for you, and I think you're going to say, wow, 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 this completely plays in parallel to the real world that these technocrats and transhumanists are building around us. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. And you're listening to pain.tv slash gold right here in the matrix, ladies and gentlemen. We are watching one of the most important clips i would say the most important clip from the movie the matrix and so let's continue here i want to finish analyzing this for you and then play it in full because i do believe in my heart of hearts that this really does explain this should be a trailer for the world economic forum they should play this when they come out on stage because it seems to me i think it seems to you I think you're understanding this, that the technocrats and transhumanists, these Frankenstein doctors and scientists and engineers and global leaders, this is what they are building. This is apparently what they have in mind, because based on all the research we've done, they are developing the technology and they want to move towards this eternal, uh, or this quest for eternal life, this immortality for them to be the gods, to merge with the robots and the machines, and for us, mere mortal humans to just be plugged in to their matrix to their metaverse let's continue the human body generates more bioelectricity than a 120 volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs of body heat Okay, now, I've actually done some research on this uh, topic years ago. There was a lot of forums and blogs of people wanting to know if the Matrix was, in fact, uh, accurate in the measurements of the amount of electricity or energy our bodies put off, and there's been arguments back and forth on that for years. I showed you recently a band in which you'd wear on your body that would take the energy that your body emits through the skin collect the energy and then disseminate it back out through your body to charge your smart devices your wearables like the fitbit and the iwatch i've been doing more research into 
other technologies they're talking about in which they'll use the body to create energy. I'm not going to get into that today because we haven't reviewed it on the show. But when that is ready for prime time, don't worry, I will bring you that information. But let's continue here. Combined with a form of fusion, the machines had found all the energy they would ever need. Okay, so now what they're showing for the audio-only audience is um, this giant room with what looks like uh, twisted tree trunks almost, but it's all mechanical, with sacks hanging off with babies inside of them. So basically, they are duplicates of what would be the mother's uterus with sort of a placenta inside, and then the fluid sac, the ambiotic fluid. And so basically, they're hanging off of these what look like roots of trees growing. Okay, so now it's showing these the dark room, big fields, almost like if you've driven over the top of an apple orchard and you see the, the lines, the rows of apple trees. Well, this is the rows of these mechanical roots growing up with these baby sacks hanging off of them. And as he says, babies are no longer born, they are grown. And that technology now exists, which we will get into soon, so I won't go into depth on that. But as we get more into the uh, biotech side of this discussion the first 31 episodes were dedicated to more of the technology the brain chips the dream of immortality we're actually going to get into more of the biotechnology the genetic modification and such so we will get into these babies now that they're growing in labs but let's continue for the longest time i wouldn't believe it and then I saw the fields with my own eyes. Watched them liquefy the dead so they could be fed intravenously to the living. Okay, so that's like Soylent Green, right? They're liquefying the humans that die inside of these baby sack pods, and then they're feeding that back into the humans in the pods as their own food, so they are cannibals. And standing there, facing the pure, horrifying precision, I came to realize the obviousness of the truth. Okay, so now they're showing a child, a baby, inside of a larger pod, uh, which is resembling what I told you, the 400 square foot prison pods they want to put us in in the smart cities. This whole structure that we're looking at would be con- basically would be synonymous with a smart city right it's all connected via the machine and the baby inside this pod has tubes stuck inside of it like in the back of its head and its arms and everything and that is how they're feeding uh feeding it and sucking energy out of it and such just like uh, multiple versions uh, mechanically obviously of a mother's umbilical cord what is the matrix Control. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. Okay, so he's holding up the battery, a battery, like a this is a, a big, you know, Duracell battery. And so 
what he said is the matrix is a control program, you know, to keep people under control. And that's why I've told you that it is my belief this is not about money. Now, inside the matrix, if you're living in real life, you're working a job, you're getting money. That's like crypto tokens that they're talking about now. But it's not about money. It's about power. It's about control. And it's about turning this AI, these robots, into into you know this godlike status they control everything and so that's what it is folks it's control it's control and it's power let's continue and then again they're using the humans to power the machines okay no i don't believe it it's not possible i didn't say it would be easy neo I just said it would be the truth. Stop. Let me out. Let me. Okay, so Neo now is freaking out in the loading room and they're back in the white room and he's freaking out over this. But you heard Morpheus say, I didn't say that this would be easy. I said it would be the truth. And that's how I sometimes feel over here at the Dusty Gold Standard. I have people write me um, that. Uh, you know, I again, I try to put this show in layman's terms and make it entertaining and not so dark, but people write me and they'll say, you know, this is too much, I can't handle it, or what is this, a sci-fi movie? No, I mean, we're going over the real technology, the real players, investors, and governments behind building this matrix. And so you see Neo experiencing that same thing, he can't take it. Now, for all of you who know the meme of the matrix but never watched it, there's take the red pill, take the blue pill. The red pill is what he took right before he went into this loading room and morpheus explained to him the truth about the world in which he's been living the blue pill he would have stayed inside the matrix stayed in the metaverse and been totally and completely shielded from the truth you know ignorance is bliss and so there's even a character in the movie who tries to make a deal with the machines with the artificial intelligence to turning the real people uh morpheus and these people that are outside live outside the matrix live outside the metaverse and turn them in if they would put him back in the matrix but take away all of his memories from living outside of the real world because he didn't want to know and he didn't want to remember ever being real he just wanted the ignorance and he wanted to stay inside the matrix as if he had never come out into the real world. Okay, let's just continue with the end of this clip. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so Neo's freaking out. He's laying in this chair, and they're pulling the plug out of the back of his head. This would be very similar to pulling a brain chip out of your head. As Elon Musk said, you can always take it back out if you want to. But just think of it this way. When they're inside the pod, that baby pod, or as an adult inside the pod, hooked up to the cables, having their energy taken from them and being fed this liquid goo um, in that real world in that pod, the pod is your smart city apartment, your 
prison planet pod i talk about the cables going inside you are the brain chip uh the food being pumped into you is klaus schwab's cricket juice or whatever and so you're living there in this virtual reality world called the matrix which is the metaverse i mean we're listening to them at the world economic forum talking about what the metaverse is going to be and that is a light discussion on the metaverse let me just finish up with this clip so the the team of real people are standing around him and he's freaking out and he looks very sick Just breathe Okay, and he just vomits all over the floor, folks, which is basically how I feel at the end of every show. After dissecting and analyzing the plans of the technocrats and the transhumanists, I feel like I'm going to blow, I'm going to pop, because each and every sort of layer of the onion that we peel back, there's something even crazier, but... In our case, uh, like Neo here inside of the Matrix with Morpheus guiding him and explaining this to them, I think in our case, in my case, in your case, we start to see and understand every day that this is very real and that some of the things around us, politics, is just sort of WWE wrestling, this clown world circus all around us is just designed for distraction. And within the Matrix, they actually call those programs. And eventually we will get into that. Not on this show and i will show you how they design these programs to keep people entertained and intertwined with the matrix or as i would say the metaverse and so neo is getting all this input the sensory input for the first time understanding that the world around him is fake and he just can't handle it he throws up everywhere and so at the end of every show i feel that way i know some of you feel that way but if you want to know the truth, I will bring you the truth. I'm on the uh, on search of the truth all of the time. And I know those of you that listen to this show want the truth as well. So that's what we will continue to deliver. Ladies and gentlemen, just for a second, unplug from the Matrix. Think about this. When we come back, I'll roll the whole, whole clip without me interrupting. And then we will finish up this World Economic Forum Metaverse discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope this is helping you understand a little bit more and put the pieces together as to where we came from and where we are going. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. And you're listening to Payne.TV slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised... We are going to jump back into this Matrix clip, except this time, this time, folks, I'm not going to interrupt. So just try to remember all of the parallels I just 
illustrated for you. Everything I just pointed out as you watch this or listen to this. And for those of you who um, cannot see this um, because you're on audio only, you could check it out at pain.tv slash gold. I don't know if it's available on YouTube. I think I actually edited this clip a couple of months ago uh, from the movie because uh, I wanted to include it in this show eventually. So I'm going to play the clip, and then we'll come back, talk a little bit more about it, and then move on to the World Economic Forum panel discussion. But try to, uh, try even, even though Morpheus is the character who's trying to wake you up, right? Trying to educate you. Uh, and you would be Neo, okay? Neo was this character that lived in the Matrix, but he had this feeling deep inside his gut, inside his soul, that something was wrong. He knew that something didn't make sense. He knew that somehow he was a slave born onto this plantation, and he wanted the answers. He wanted the truth. He wanted the knowledge. And so that's you. Think about that. If you go around, <coughs> excuse me, and you're listening to my show or Mike Moore's show or Whitney Webb or Patrick Wood or any of these people out there, it's because you're seeking the truth. You want more knowledge. You want more information. You want to know what is behind the curtain. And so that's what I try to do over here. I try to show that to you. So although I would sort of be, uh, I, I don't want to say this because I'm kind of a humble guy, but I would sort of be the Morpheus in this and you would be the Matrix. But really try to hear the words of Morpheus through the words of Yuval Noah Harari almost you know he gets up on stage and he sort of brags okay and he says you humans are useless you have no free will you have no spirit you have no soul those days are over we will control the data you are a hackable animal you are useless those who control the data will be the gods of the new era and so try to listen to Morpheus through, through those words and try to take everything that you've learned over the last 31 episodes and connect the dots to what Morpheus is saying to everything we've learned and tell me that this is not a trailer for the World Economic Forum. This is not a trailer for the Great Reset, for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Fourth Industrial Reich, or the coming metaverse i mean really think of it that way folks okay here we go uncut playing it right now this is the construct it's our loading program we can load anything from clothing to equipment weapons training simulations anything we need Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different, the plugs in your arms and head are gone. Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection of your digital self. This... This isn't real. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. This is the world that you know. The world as it was at the end of the 20th century. 
It exists now only as part of a neural interactive simulation that we call the Matrix. You've been living in a dream world, Neo. This is the world as it exists today. for certain is that at some point in the early 21st century all of mankind was united in celebration we marveled at our own magnificence as we gave birth to AI AI you mean artificial intelligence a singular consciousness that spawned an entire race of machines we don't know who struck first us or them but we know that it was us that scorched the sky at the time, they were dependent on solar power, and it was believed that they would be unable to survive without an energy source as abundant as the sun. Throughout human history, we have been dependent on machines to survive. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. The human body generates more bioelectricity than a 120-volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs of body heat. Combined with a form of fusion, the machines had found all the energy they would ever need. There are fields, endless fields, where human beings are no longer born. so they could be fed intravenously to the living. And standing there, facing the pure, horrifying precision, I came to realize the obviousness of the truth. What is the Matrix? Control. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world, built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. No. I don't believe it. It's not possible. I didn't say it would be easy, Neo. I just said it would be the truth. Stop. Let me out. Let me out. I want out. Easy, Neo. Easy. <laughs> Stay away from me. Stay away from me. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Gonna pop. Breathe. Just breathe. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go. That was the full clip of The Matrix. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, there is this third part of this merger of the physical, biological, and digital worlds that we touched on 
through the World Economic Forum Metaverse panel discussion, and that is the world where you're living in reality, the natural world, but you're wearing an augmented reality headset or contact lenses or eyeglasses or whatever it may be. And so that's where you will see those, as they call them, intelligent data uh, graphics that can pop up or Again, you can have the Tyrannosaurus Rex run across your living room or whatever, right? Well, as they get to The Last Matrix, I never had a chance to watch it, although I wanted to see the predictor programming and propaganda that came out of it. And so when I was coming back from Poland, I had a chance to watch it on the plane. And don't worry, folks, they update The Matrix and they bring that element into it, where the actual artificial intelligence programs the machines the robots that live inside of the matrix actually can project themselves into real life so us being in the natural world can now see the projection of a character who would only be in the matrix so a digital program now can project itself as a holographic into um into real life and so now you have these characters from the matrix who live in the matrix actually living out in the real world and not only that not only as a hologram they can now form themselves into real world objects utilizing nanobots that swarm together so the morpheus character played by another actor in the last matrix is sort of a recreation of the original morpheus who now can come into the real world by swarming nanobots together as ray kurzweil talked about a swarm of nanobots to form a non-biological iron man type suit that he could beam his brain into beam his consciousness into so they show that in the last matrix eventually we'll get to that and then also the other part about it the real heavy propaganda is now the real humans the ones who are fighting back against the robots and the ai and the machines now work in unison with them and there are also humans that are merged with the machines like cyborgs and so now the new message of the movie is that there are actually friendly ai and friendly robots who are working with the humans to try to destroy this robot world and keep humanity alive so now they bring in the new propaganda coming out of Peter Thiel, coming out of Elon Musk, coming out of Ray Kurzweil, in which we, the humans, have to merge with the machine's singularity in order to exist. You see, they they plugged all those holes, folks, in the last matrix, and they brought everything full circle to fruition and so now they're basically showing in the last matrix that man and machine will merge together and live in harmony ladies and gentlemen i really hope that that clip and my breakdown and my dissecting of it and analyzing of it helped you have a better understanding of the stuff that we've talked 
about here over the last 31 episodes. When I get back, we're going to delve right back into the World Economic Forum panel discussion on the metaverse and finish that up so that tomorrow we could jump into Joe Biden's executive order. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we return from the Matrix. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, no, honestly, I really do hope that that, um, that clip helped you sort of put everything into context here. I mean, it, to me, it's just eerie. And I know that um, these technocrats and these transhumanists alive today that are building this prison planet and this matrix did not watch the movie The Matrix uh, 20 years ago and then say, hey, Let's go build the matrix. We'll call it the metaverse. No, that's predictive programming. That is a slap in our face. It's a way that they publish exactly what they're doing. And then if we don't revolt against it, if we don't say no to it as they slowly roll it out, then it is on us. Their karma is clear. Their conscience is clean. And that's how they look at it, folks. That is the weird religion that these guys operate under and one day we will get into that as well but i have to figure out how i can do it without getting us kicked off all the platforms so let's pick up here with the world economic forum panel discussion i'm going to pick up right where we left off yesterday standing so these are the positives there are also some things that need to be addressed as you rightly said how do we ensure that it becomes a you know not a have and have not kind of future but a future like the internet where everyone can get on board and, and benefit from the positive outcomes of the metaverse from the get-go. And how can we reduce the delta? The internet, the, the first people on the internet, I think they were 10 years ahead of everyone else. Today we're seeing people in India and you know, in Africa going, going on board. How do you, do you reduce that delta? Right, so he's talking about how does everyone benefit from this new metaverse that these guys are building? Okay, so far, they pretty much said you're going to go to meetings in it and play video games inside of it and buy things from them. So now it's, well, how do we benefit? I don't know. Do the plebeians just get uh, entertained as we usually do? Have our hard work turned into food coupons and then we give it back to them for subscriptions and digital clothing? I don't know. Let's continue here, folks. Oh, you know, I think that uh, to just restate it, you know, Inequality in all its forms, specifically wealth inequality, is as grave a concern for us, I think, as climate change as we move forward. Right, right. So to these technocrats, these transhumanists, these people trying to engineer humanity out of existence and drive us into this metaverse matrix, inequality and wealth inequality are a major concern to them. And it's such a big concern, folks. It's right up there, right up there with uh, climate change. So climate change and wealth inequality, like these people 
care about wealth inequality. What they're talking about is they want all of us to be poor and for them to be the gods with all of the wealth, all of the power, all of the influence. And, and you know, uh, Second Life, for example, is a company that for a long time has been meeting as avatars, as you might imagine, <laughs> for years. And you know, we have people all over the world. And so we've had a lot of experience with this getting together and having meetings as avatars rather than a Zoom. But I do think, as you say, for an example of a grave challenge and danger that we now face is precisely this, that as we begin to travel again, we will separate into two classes, basically. Those with the means to travel and meet face to face, and those who are left behind on Zoom. And, no, and, and, and in hybrid meetings, a particular concern I have, those meetings we have with our teams where two or more people are in the room together and thus enjoy real eye contact and real intimacy, yeah. and everybody else is on the Zoom call. Yeah. Think, think how bad that's going to be. We don't know it yet because in COVID, we were all on Zoom. Right. The CEO was on Zoom. Everybody was on Zoom. Now we're about to have half the people on Zoom. So I have a different- right, right, right. Okay, 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 okay. Let's stop that for a second. So let's see what he was saying there was that during COVID, everyone was stuck inside of the metaverse via Zoom. But now there's going to be this level of inequality as COVID opens back up. Again, this is from May Uh, May 2022. And so he's saying now you're going to have people that can travel and meet eye to eye, but then there's going to be this inequality because there's going to be people who cannot afford to travel and meet eye to eye. And therefore, those people are going to have to meet on Zoom. Some people are going to work remotely and enter the office via Zoom, via the metaverse, but some people are going to be in the office and he actually makes a mistake there Uh, i don't think the other people were very happy because he made it seem like being stuck on zoom was a bad thing he said those people will be left behind but again what their solution is going to be because they've created the problem they're provoking the reaction and then the solution is we're going to give you something better than zoom we're going to give you the metaverse in which you can meet eye to eye by putting on a magic leap headset from peggy over there and it'll have four cameras that track your eyes and so your eyes will meet the eyes of the real person slash the fake person the mind twin whatever you're going to be meeting with inside the metaverse so he was setting up the cell the cell is being left behind with this sort of archaic technology like zoom is going to be this terrible thing you're not going to be able to afford to meet in person or you're not going to go back to the office because you work remote but don't worry we're going to let you come into the metaverse for your meeting we're going to let you play ball inside of our immersive world question and this is something from your second life experience i'm very curious about one of the things we've seen on social media is that people uh, act one way in real life when we're when we're here uh, something I might say to you face-to-face, um, I wouldn't necessarily say to you, uh, something I, I would say uh, online, I might not say to you face-to-face. I think we're seeing this on uh, Twitter, all sorts of social media platforms where people, and, and by the way, even Slack inside people's companies, people will say stuff to each other digitally that they wouldn't say in person. And I'm curious what your experience with that has been in Second Life, and how do you think that manifests itself, if it will, in a yeah. much larger metaverse universe that we would all live in 
Okay, that's an interesting question there. And let's see how this gentleman answers. But basically, you know how this is, folks. You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, whether you're talking to someone who just operates under an avatar, they're anonymous, or whether maybe you're even talking to a family member on Facebook and you know who they are, there's a lot of times people will say things in writing, even over text message, that they wouldn't say in real life. Some people can get really ballsy, real cocky, real crazy in writing, and then when you see them in real life, they're very timid or shy, and they won't say the type of things they would normally say in writing when they don't have to see someone face-to-face. So now, that's a problem they created, right? By creating communication that is antisocial, not social, because people aren't looking at each other in the eye. You're not thinking about civility and mortality or getting punched in your face the way you would in real life. And so a lot of times, people have these fights nowadays over text message or on social media, and then they don't actually end up ever going to see that person again in real life because they're sort of embarrassed about what they said, and they have to hide behind what they said and from what they said. So let's see how he answers this. Great example about that. Way back in the beginning when Second Life started out, but we had a substantial number of people that were hanging around in there. We had a, precisely this experience where we had a text forum, you know, something like Reddit or Slack, as we have today. And people would get in that forum, and just as you say, they would get very nasty with each other about, you know, what, what had happened in the world and why they were mad about it and why that person was terrible. And I would sometimes intervene in these things, and I would immediately go log on into Second Life and walk right up. Now, this is not with a headset. You don't need that for this experience. But if you walk up to somebody synchronously as an avatar and get within arm's length of them, you know, as an avatar, and they see that, and you both see that, and you say to them, hey, I saw what you wrote in the forums. What's up? That's, uh, you're really upset, you know? Every time the person as an avatar would say, just what we would say face to face. I'm so sorry. I don't know what got into me. I'm, I'm here to listen to your perspective. I understand there's two sides or you know, four sides to this or whatever. Um, so absolutely, one of the positive things that moves me every day to you know, keep coming to work is that when you get together face to face and it's synchronous and you're really talking, even online, even as avatars, not yet even in the headsets, uh, it definitely makes you behave the way we all behave to each other here. Okay, folks, so so now what he's saying is, don't worry, don't worry, we can replace the real-life interactions, because inside Second Life, which is more of a video game you play on a screen, when you walk your avatar up to another avatar, and then someone on the other end who's controlling that avatar, sitting at their computer watching it on a screen gets near each other, it calms everything down. So when the metaverse comes in, your mind twin is inside of this metaverse, there'll be more civility than... So, okay, so look at it. Let's just look at it like this. If you want to take this from a tech- technological standpoint, let's say what we were in before the Great Reset was the Third Industrial Revolution, which was IT and technology as the World Economic Forum explains it. But now we're entering into the fourth industrial revolution, which is the merger of the physical, the digital, and the biological. So now what they're doing is they're talking about all the problems in which they created, okay? So they created the problem, which is this anti-social media, 
And now the reaction is, oh, I'm being bullied online. I'm being bullied online. And now the solution is, don't worry, we're creating the metaverse for you. And in the metaverse, people will meet face-to-face digitally, and therefore a lot of the bullying and the trolling and such will stop. So again, it's problem, reaction, solution. It's always problem, reaction, solution. This is how they continually advance the technocracy. And the answer to the problems they create and the reactions that they provoke are always more technology. So they create the problem with the technology, and then the answer is more technology, more power, more control, more governance for us. Give us more power, and we will fix the problems that we already created. And that's why they have the gentleman from the United Arab Emirates government up there who's talking about how all the governments around the world need to take part in governing the rules and regulations and laws of the metaverse. Because it's always about power and it's always about control. And is your sense that there will be people who will uh, live under their own names, but possibly other people who will live anonymously as avatars? And how does that work? I don't yeah, know who wants uh, to take th- that. Yeah, go ahead, Peggy. Well, I, that's, that's interesting, just you know, given what's going on now with right. you know, anonymous Twitter handles and things. Um, I think it's going to be particularly when we get to the point where there are cameras on you or you want to depict yourself that way, it's going to be as if I'm standing right next to you and I'm going to have that same difficulty saying things to you, even if the virtual Andrew, that I wouldn't have maybe if I was online. So, Folks, does it sound creepy to you? Just how she says this in passing, just how she's like nonchalant of, well, uh, you know, The day that you have like all these cameras all over you, then you're not really going to be willing to talk smack inside of the metaverse because her solution that she's offering where they're at is you're wearing the Magic Leap virtual reality headset. Okay, which has four cameras tracking your eyes. And then you're going to have other cameras set up in your room, your studio, whatever, sitting around your chair. And those cameras will track your body movements that will be projected inside whatever metaverse they're building or whatever solution they're providing. But when you go to the mind twin phase, that's going to be operated without having to have cameras. It sort of works on its own. Or with Elon Musk Neuralink, the goal with that is that you're going to be entering this metaverse very similar to the movie The Matrix and just walking around in there using your mind. You're not going to have to have cameras that are tracking your real body because your body movements aren't going to matter because the movements come from your brain and your brain controls the digital projection of yourself, the puppet, the mind twin. And so what she's talking about is sort of this bridge technology in which they will have cameras all over your room. You will be wearing one of those suits with the sensory devices on it, something in your mouth that you can taste, something up your nose that you can smell, earbuds that you can hear, um, gloves and uh, socks that have sensors so it feels like you're touching something or you're walking on something. Uh, They even have ones, I don't want to get graphic, but they even have ones... uh, that you would wear, just say like an underwear that, that then gives you sensations as if you're, you're um, 
being pleasured by someone else. No, they have all kinds of crazy stuff they're developing. So that's sort of the bridge technology before they get to the Neuralink brain chip that just has the wires in your brain that will tickle the senses in your brain and make it all a reality as you control your mind twin walking around inside of the metaverse. Absorb that, ladies and gentlemen, because I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but you did just watch The Matrix, and I think Morpheus explained it quite well. If Peggy over here at the World Economic Forum did not. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. I will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You're listening to Payne.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard, ladies and gentlemen. So we are watching the World Economic Forum panel discussion on the metaverse. You know, always try to... Um, Try to remember what you're listening to because sometimes you get sucked into it and then you forget exactly what we're listening to. But this is a panel discussion on the development of the metaverse, the governance behind the metaverse, the monetization that will come out of the metaverse, and the technologies that these technocrats are working on. So let's jump right back into this, folks. The closer we get to replicating the physical world, we're going to feel that again. I feel it now when we have our meetings, just my internal meetings, and two of my team are over in the corner laughing about something. I'm like, what are you talking about over there? And, you know, because right. I feel like they're there. So, yeah, and see, it's replicating the real world. Again, we went over this yesterday. Why are they working so hard to replicate the real world? Why don't we just live in the real world? If the technology has been causing all these problems, as they say, why don't they just start closing down their companies, removing the Amazon ring cameras, getting rid of the VR and AR goggles, rolling back on the Internet of Bodies wearable devices? Yeah, why don't they get rid of some of the technology? Why don't they say, yeah, we screwed up. The technology causes ADD. The technology causes antisocial behavior. The technology is turning people into narcissistic sociopaths. The technology is sucking children in and pulling them away from the real world. The technology is completely destroying humanity. The technology is going in the direction of genetically modifying humans out of existence. If they really cared about humanity, they wouldn't be trying to duplicate and replicate real life inside of the cyber world. They would be rolling back the cyber world that they've been building around us, but that is not the intention. The intention is to drive us further and further into the cyber world. What 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 are you thinking about in terms of anonymous? Oh, I mean, and, uh, and that, because this also has to do with democracies. I mean, some people would argue, you know, the Arab Spring uh, happened in part because uh, there were people who could actually act anonymously, but as a group online. Sure. How does that work in the metaverse? So I think you'll have both systems. 
Um, in the early internet, we had pseudonymity pretty much as the norm, pretty much everywhere. We can all remember the version of 2004 where you had your AOL handle, and that was how you used eBay, that was how you used um, you know, the early services, Reddit, Flickr, sort of the first version of events. I mean, the, the primary insight of the early Facebook experience was that your real name was required, and that that was going to come with a completely different set of social norms for all the same reasons that there's centuries of research that the more distant you are from your real name and your real face, you'll take on different behaviors. Um, I think that's also good things in that. Um, but as I said before, and I think as a lot of folks have said, having spaces with different rules is going to be very important because you're going to get spaces where you want real identity as the norm. I think a business meeting is probably a good idea. We're all wearing our real name on our, in front of us. Um, and there's going to be some places where you want to let people explore other identities. If you look at Roblox right now, one of the most amazing examples, I think, of the metaverse already being here. Um, if any of you have kids who play Roblox, you already have 100 million people using Roblox. Right. Two, it's on any screen. Um, and so because of cloud rendering and other technologies, any phone or any PC, and I think this is part of the equality conversation, by the way, is that VR and AR will be devices you can use, but they also need to be accessible from any device, any smartphone with an internet connection. Oh, yes, the metaverse is going to have to be accessible from any device with an internet connection because of equality. So everyone is going to need access to the metaverse. Now, if the metaverse was just a video game or the metaverse was just a streaming platform like Netflix, or the metaverse was just a social media website like Facebook, where this gentleman is from. If the metaverse was any of that, then why would there even need to be some sort of regulation, some sort of law, that says that everyone, anywhere there is an internet connection, needs to be granted access to this on any type of device whether that be an iphone an ipad a computer a laptop a vr headset an ar headset a smart tv a gaming system whatever it may be see that's the point he just made there that everyone and that has to do with equality everyone needs to have access to it because obviously the goal folks because no one up there argue with him, but obviously the goal is that everyone is going to need to have access to it. Now, if they see that that's the future of commerce or the future of the entire world, then obviously everyone is going to need to have access to it. Eventually, they're going to make everyone have access to it because they're going to force you into it. You're going to live and work and be entertained inside of this metaverse. Otherwise, this wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. He wouldn't have brought that up. He's there on behalf of Facebook to pitch this. Remember, Facebook is running Horizon Worlds, one of the metaverses already. Facebook has the Oculus, which is their VR headset. And so you can see him already setting this up that everyone everyone this is how it's equitable is going to need access just like elon musk said on joe rogan experience that the cost of the brain ship will only be a couple few thousand dollars 
and you'll be able to get some kind of a loan for it. But don't worry, you're going to be able to pay it back quickly because it'll make you smarter. Well, why do they need to make it so cheap? Why would the investors behind all of this want to make it so accessible or so cheap, so affordable? Because the goal is everyone is going to have to be on it because this is the world that they're actually building for us. Okay, let's continue. Um, So to the core of the question, you're going to want pseudonymity. You're going to want it in certain contexts. For pseudonymous contexts, you want either a shared space, like we're, we're doing something together, we're at the same concert, we're at the same comedy club, we're in the same church or mosque, or you want moderation. So you want somebody in that space who feels responsible for keeping track of what the rules are and who feels responsible for the behavior inside. Okay, so now to get to his other point, they were talking about these pseudonyms, right? And he was talking about the early days of the internet where you had an AOL account, and then you utilize the AOL, your AOL handle, your avatar, your username, whatever you want to call it. And so let's say you have a Gmail account. And let's say that's uh, whatever, Dustin at gmail.com. And so what he's saying is that Gmail account, that AOL account, that metaverse avatar, that mind twin is going to be your access into all of these different worlds. And now when you enter certain of the worlds, think of it like he said, the comedy club, the mosque, uh, the concert or whatever, you may be able to go in there with just your pseudonym or just your avatar or whatever. Now in other worlds, you might be able to skin that and create a character for yourself. Like if you went into some kind of a game, but then If you were in a business meeting, you might have to show your real name. But trust me, where they're going with this, and uh, Peggy earlier in the conversation mentioned about the Twitter bots, and that's because when this conference was going on, it was at the time that we were being teased that Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter, and he was having a battle with them over the bots, and he wanted to know how many bots there really were, and he wanted to basically identify every person on there as a real human, because you're going to be forced. The conversation is going there if you... uh, look up other information on this and I'll eventually do it on the show, but the conversation is moving towards the fact that your avatar, your handle, your username, whatever, is going to be based on you having to prove that you're real, that you're a human to opt in. Even though their system could easily pick out uh, bots if they wanted to. They could write a program that could find the bots and they would know everyone who's on there is actually human. They're going to make you prove that you're human by providing probably not just your driver's license and or your passport, maybe your social security information, maybe your birth certificate, but obviously biometrics, which they pick up off any of your devices anyway, like the iPhone that scans your face or scans your eyes or scans your thumbprint. They have all this. And then eventually that data, if it's not already, is combined into your overall digital footprint police file. Like I told you, we all have a file on us somewhere in the cloud, uh, of which Clearview AI, Peter Thiel's company, focused on using facial recognition 
to in real time pull up all the data on you across the entire internet or similar to what they're doing at the IRS using Peter Thiel's Palantir software where they can track you down via financial transactions pinned to your social media and to your phone records. And so you will have to provide a certain amount of biometric data to them which then proves that you're human but really pins you to this identity and therefore you can't do anything against the system when you're inside of the metaverse because they know who you are you are tagged with essentially like a social security number here in the united states and so now they have this digital footprint on you that's constantly growing it's assigned to you other people can't jump in there as you inside this metaverse because it's not a game because it's going to be your new reality it is going to be your new world as synthetic as it may be these people want us living in there just like in the movie the matrix ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard i will be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Ladies and gentlemen, it is Dustin Gold, right here on pain.tv slash gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, as we expose the technocrats and transhumanists in their quest for immortality, and their desire to lock us all in their prison planet metaverse matrix. Ladies and gentlemen, Okay, so let's jump right back into this uh, video. It's starting to get very interesting. We're talking about pseudonyms and how you're going to be identified as a real human, how you're going to be tagged inside there. And so this panel is starting to discuss sort of the governance of the entire metaverse, this new world they want to drive us into. Let's go. But you don't think that it creates any disconnect, meaning if all of us, and I don't know if you think I'll, I'll ask you the same question I asked Peggy before. Do you think that we could have a Davos, a World Economic Forum, that is completely in the metaverse, and that if everybody's just sitting on their couch all day long, all the time, how that changes just the personal dynamics that people ultimately have? There's going to be trade-offs. I mean, I can imagine a, a lot more people being here that uh, didn't need to you know, burn a bunch of carbon flying planes and then expose ourselves without masks. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Do you see that selling point there? Oh, there'll be more people at the World Economic Forum if you can sit on your couch and join inside the metaverse because you don't have to burn more carbon or wear more masks. I mean, give me a break, folks. See, they just throw it out there. And remember when I showed you, let me pull that back up for one second. One second. I've got it right here for you. Okay, I'm going to pull back up the Hill article with John Kerry, right? What we were looking at earlier today. And what did they say in here about, hold on, let me search for it. Okay, let's see, climate. What is going on here? I'm trying to search this article, folks, and it's not pulling up. All right, climate. Okay, right here, right here. 
It says the two justifications for the proposal, we're talking about the Great Reset here, which has been aptly named by its supporters, oh, the Great Reset, are the COVID-19 pandemic, the short-term justification, and the so-called climate crisis caused by global warming, the long-term justification. And what did this gentleman from Facebook just do here back in May 2022? He pitched the idea of attending the World Economic Forum Davos event inside the metaverse because then you wouldn't have to burn carbon the climate crisis caused by global warming or all the masks that would have to be worn and what's that folks that is the covid pandemic so right there he threw out the two justifications for the great reset for the fourth industrial revolution covid and climate change so you just saw what that article talked about in action in real life with this guy from facebook kind of prefer that experience in some ways um but on the other hand you're gonna there's gonna be personal interactions that are missed and so i, I agree with peggy you're gonna want um some version of events where you didn't really need to go travel there but you could have the interaction it should bring on people who weren't able to travel right. um but on the flip side we don't want this replacing our real life experiences um, we have now, yeah, on the flip side, they don't want it replacing their real life experiences. Yet, if you actually delve deeper into where these guys are going with this, is eventually for... Now, remember, let me just clarify. They're sitting in front of an audience of powerful elites. Okay, investment bankers, uh, technocrats, scientists, engineers, world leaders, heads of state professors, uh, deans of colleges and universities. So they have the creme de la creme there, okay? The world's elites, the social engineers. And so when he's talking, he's actually talking to them, not to us, not to me, not to you, not the plebeians. They put this stuff up on YouTube. This stuff is barely watched, folks. This video, I think, was watched only 25,000 times. That's nothing. That is nothing. So regular people aren't even watching this stuff, even though it's readily available to them. And so he thinks more people will sign on. He's talking about the people that at least perceive themselves to be the upper crust, the ones that are there who are solving the world's problems and driving us into the metaverse. So he has to sell it to them as, yeah, we don't want to replace uh, everything in, in real life. I don't want to take away your ability to walk on the beach for a romantic sunset with your wife. No, not you guys. You know, they're talking about driving us into the metaverse. Let's continue. About five to 10 minutes left, and I do want to open it up for questions because I know there are people who probably have them. I see a hand up. I think there's some mics uh, around the room, and I, I will we'll try to uh, get to as many as we can in the limited time we have. Go ahead. Hello, and thank you very much. Uh, my name is uh, Sharif, and uh, I uh, want to ask a question with regards to another session that I have attended earlier, focusing on upskilling. Um, I think that uh, the metaverse will definitely play an empirical role in uh, addressing this challenge because it was mentioned earlier that uh, historically, one needed to upskill once every decade. However, more recently, it should be done once every three years. How do you think that the metaverse can help address this point? Peggy, this is yeah, what you're doing. This is exactly what we're doing. Um, like a plant. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> right now, we, we're finding... 
I don't know if the guy was a plant. In the metaverse, he could identify as a plant or a hammer or a screw or something like that and beam his consciousness down into any object or shape he wants to be. Oh, they meant planted in the audience. Okay, I apologize. In that uh, training inside the metaverse is much easier to understand if you can be actually in situ. So, for instance, a factory worker... Um, rather than bringing everybody, all the new factory workers together and putting them in a room and training them for three weeks and then sending them out onto the factory floor, you can actually almost from day one put someone in with a, a headset on, bring them up to a machine. You can, in their field of view, they can walk through how to maintain the machine, how to diagnose the problems, maybe call an expert in, either a live expert or someone who's retired who had tribal knowledge of that machine that may have been lost, but now lives on in the metaverse for that factory worker. We're finding um, the companies that we've worked with are, are seeing about an 80% reduction in the t amount of time it takes to pro productivity from a factory worker. So I think it's a super awesome way to upskill people. Right. So see that there's just another example of eliminating humans and human interaction. So you would start off being trained with a group of people in a classroom to learn how to work inside of a factory. Now they just strap an augmented reality headset on your head. You walk out to the machine and the dead guy who used to work on the machine, the guy, you know him, the guy that they had there until they fired him because they replaced him with a mind twin of himself who is now going to train you via the augmented reality instead of you actually working with real humans. But the question you have to ask yourself constantly, because this falls into line exactly with Yuval Noah Harari talking about this constant hamster wheel that we are all going to be on, where literally every day we're going to have to retrain ourselves for a new career, because each time we catch up to the technology and we find a new place for us to be in our career, then that job will be replaced. So think about it. She's saying you might have had a teacher who's teaching people how to use a machine in the shop. And so that teacher is now going to be replaced with a mind twin of itself that is then going to teach the new people that are going to work in this manufacturing plant or on an airplane engine or something through this augmented reality, virtual reality headset, and that teacher is now no longer needed to run the course. Well, then eventually the person who is being trained is going to be replaced too as a robot or some other type of artificial intelligence. Maybe now you're the mechanic on that airplane engine or you're an engineer who fixes a machine in a shop that I don't know, snaps parts onto a circuit board or something. Well, what happens when they mind twin your knowledge running that machine from the tribal perspective, as she says, and then your knowledge is just used as artificial intelligence that runs a robot that now fixes the machine that snaps the parts onto the circuit board. You see what I'm saying? So each level that we go, each next step that we take leads to more elimination of humans working inside the workforce that she claims she's helping streamline and develop uh, more streamlined processes for training new employees. You see it in the grocery stores. Prime example, every one of you could walk in there.
every one of you can go into the grocery store and see cashiers being eliminated and then slowly they move the cashiers to part-time and they oversee the self-checkout areas and then slowly they're disappearing as they're replacing them with you know video surveillance or whatever and then slowly all that goes away because you come into the store and you do frictionless shopping where you just scan it into your card or eventually you just put it into the cart you walk out of the store and it's paid for and then you're going to slowly start to see the guys who do the stocking disappear because they're going to be replaced with robots as they're putting 3d cameras inside the stores that scan the shelves at all times and so right now there's actually some stores i haven't covered this on the show that don't have the managers walking around writing down what they need doing inventory anymore they collect all that data via the 3d scanning and then what goes through the checkout and so then a robot will just be able to come out in the back room and throw extra cans on the shelf so they're slowly eliminating all of these jobs from the workforce oh you see this going on strategically folks all right let's continue in the metaverse I think we got a question on this side. We're going to try to go very quick. So we're going to keep each question to 30 seconds so we can get around the room as quickly as we can. Yes, Bastian Shiro, I'm a member of parliament from Switzerland. Very okay, that's a member of parliament from Switzerland. As I told you, they've got all these elites inside this room, and this is who they're talking to. They can't tell these people that they're going to take away their hikes up into the mountains and put them inside the metaverse. So for these elites, they're allowed to continue to have real-life experiences until they're not allowed to have real-life experiences. Let's continue. Quick question, also important for democracy. What we see in social platforms is that extreme people tend to stick together and, and stay together all the time. Now, if metaverse is super attractive, people spend the whole time in metaverse, isn't there the risk that they don't meet real other opinions and this extreme divide no, or, or extreme groups and the divide of the society is reinforced? Or, or what can we do to avoid the this, issue? No? Of no, no, no. My answer to this gentleman is, wait a second, pal. If we've got a bunch of people hooked up with an augmented reality headset and a Neuralink brain chip in their head, and you consider them to be, I don't know, this guy said extreme, so let me just guess where he's coming from. You have a bunch of white nationalists meeting inside the metaverse in their uh, tavern, and they're drinking beer and talking about how they hate everyone else that's not white, right? Because that's what he's dreaming about. That's what his fear is. Uh, how are we going to stop that? Because they're not meeting differing opinions. Well, my answer to him would be, listen, dude, they're inside the metaverse. We have them in a pod in real life with a brain chip in their head who the hell cares what they're doing inside of our second life immersive video game but let's see what they say polarization who wants to take it i'll take, take it first i think there's two ways that we there's two ways that we avoid that the first way is that our virtual spaces like the real world need to have in between spaces where we can meet in between groups we cannot it's very difficult to become extremist when you are in a room containing a number of people who have different viewpoints um, and so virtual worlds can bring people, lots of people together in one shared space. And by doing that, they can reduce the risk of uh, extremist behavior. The second one, which we can argue on is, I think that... Um, Right, so, this, so now these guys, these technocrats, these transhumanists building the prison planet have already thought about this. They're already wargaming how they are going to make 
sure that people don't have extremist viewpoints. And that means they're also going to be the ones to define what is an extremist viewpoint, as we already see in these modern metaverses, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, where they can just ban people, take away their ad revenue, shut down their accounts, strike them, stop them from streaming, take away their PayPal, take away their Stripe, take away their Squarespace, their ability to be given money by those people that support them and want to see them create more content or help them out with uh, expenses while they're building their show or whatever. So now they're going to define this in the metaverse. The only most dangerous part about this is as they move it forward and it's attached to your real name and you can't operate, you can't make money without having this digital ID and entering the metaverse, they are going to be the deciders of whether what you're talking about or discussing is extremist or not as they are defining exactly what is extremist and then they are going to police it and they are going to punish you if they deem you to be an extremist. They will send Mr. Smith, Agent Smith, after you. Is that not correct, Mr. Anderson? Oh, yes, that is exactly what they're going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. I'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, the social engineering planners are always planning, always plotting, Always working around the clock, folks, working around the clock, building our wonderful prison planet, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue with this May 2022 World Economic Forum panel discussion on the metaverse. Let's try to get through this right now, folks. Some of the business models like advertisement, unfortunately, have at least cracks that are slipped through where we are amplifying these behaviors through suggesting essentially worse and worse forms of, or pu- pushing people farther and farther into polarization. So no ads and letting people share a single space rather than just be in a small room. Okay, so he wants no ads and then forcing people into these spaces where you're going to have um, sort of uh, a diversity of opinion. So they're going to now socially engineer, psychologically engineer you. He's already got it all figured out. Great. Thank you for that. We have a question up front here. And then I'll come around to here and, and back there. Okay. Metaverse has three important dimensions. One is a massively multiplayer co-creation. One is monetization with NFTs and manas and so on and so on. And one is... Uh, the old notion of immersive experience and interactions. We commented the two letters. What about the first one? What about unleashing collective creativity? How will it take that to the next level? Unleashing creative uh, collectivity, I think she said. Compared to social media. I think when the, when the common platform is established, um, then it will naturally become a massive uh, millions of people online platform that they actually use. 
the challenge today is, so we're trying to solve two dilemmas. You have the hardware uh, issue. So how do you actually create the hardware for the metaverse? And you have people trying to create the actual platform. So Facebook migrating from a social platform to a metaverse engine, all right? And uh, what we're trying to currently do is, I think, first get the platform right and then see how the hardware is going to complement it because that's how it's going to work, in my opinion. I don't know what you think. Yeah, yeah just, I would say that if you think about UGC video as being as one of the most important trends animating what you see on the, on the internet today, UGC content was sort of what animated the first version. Part of what you see in, in Roblox, uh, just as an example, or part of what you see in um, early versions of these world building experiences, creating a world um, is actually just a really phenomenal kind of UGC that is just beginning to happen right now. Um, even the early versions of Second Life you were mentioning before were about world building. building. I think about my seven-year-old kid like playing with Legos and then inviting his friends to come see the world. It's like a very creative thing uh, to build a universe and then to invite people into it. So part of what I'm tracking is what are the worlds that are getting built by creators? Uh, we had a gentleman named Gabe Galt who came yeah, I wonder if this guy just uh, lets his kid play with Legos or he actually lets him go into Roblox or Minecraft or the rest of these places. That'd be a really interesting question for this gentleman. Came to visit Meta to build a, a replica of 1960s Memphis um, in order to sort of celebrate for Black History Month uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, Martin Luther King. So you would visit Memphis in the 1960s. It was sort of a, a memoriam to Black History. Just an incredible thing that could have been a film five years ago or could have been a text post 10 years ago. But to your point, because you could visit and be embodied in that place, it took on a new meaning. So when we talk about creativity, I think we're talking about hundreds of millions of people or billions of people being able to create these environments and then invite others into them. And I think that touches on a lot of these themes. We're going to Right. So, you know, think of it. Now they're talking about these different worlds, these different environments. It's the same thing as you creating a Facebook um, group or a pain.tv slash gold group or a Twitter direct message room with other people. And so that's what they're talking about here. But instead, it'll be these 3D immersive worlds that you go into with your virtual reality goggles. That's what they're talking about. It's just like the Matrix, uh, bouncing around into different programs. So right now, I guess living here in this space, in this world isn't enough. They have to recreate Memphis in the 1960s. So People could live inside there. You see, they're going to develop all these different, all these different choose-your-own-adventure worlds that you go into inside of the digital world, but you will have no real-world experiences anymore. Taking a couple more, we've got this one, and I'm going to go here. Then I'm going to go over here, and if I can, I'm going to go there, but I may run out of time. Go ahead. So this is Hudal Khizemi. I work in emerging technology R&Ds in UAE. My question is. How do you see the metaverse revolutionizing the way we build emerging technology today? Because, number one, we're basing this new model on a... This one's got on a hijab and a mask. She looks kind of like a beekeeper, and I know it's a little hard to understand her, but let's, uh, let's continue here. ...legacy system, and we need to be very careful because, for example, the right not to be analyzed. We don't have algorithms at the moment to prevent analysis if I choose as a user not to be analyzed. The right to be forgotten, we don't have actually algorithms that are built to forget you if you have a digital trace online. Plus, the fact that this technology is built on specific type of security parameters, cryptographic parameters, 
that if the next evolution, as we have seen today, there was a declaration from the IBM CEO saying within 2025 we will have quantum power, and if we have quantum power, it deems 70% of our security obsolete. So what would happen to the metaverse in this sense? So how can we change the development change of technology here, the way we develop technology for the metaverse? How can we change it? How would it impact the emerging technology norms that we are building, number one. And number two, how can you build a ripple effect? 40% of the world is disconnected. How can you build a technology where it creates a ripple effect automatically connecting the rest of the 40% of the world? Sure. Because right. you're focusing on connecting the actually 60% who are right. connected. Thanks. Okay, okay. That, that was a very good question, actually, and I hope you understood all of that. But she was talking about how quantum power is coming in 2025 and then that basically renders useless all of the securities on the pre-internet and then how are they going to build this world that everyone has to go into if 40 percent of the world doesn't have access to internet and such and so that was a really good question actually but do you see the problems with this continuing development of endless technology this progress they keep building and building and building and it creates more problems more reactions and then more solutions problem reaction solution problem reaction solution over and over and over rinse recycle repeat you see what i'm saying and that's what is happening here we are engineering ourselves out of existence into a technological anti-human technocracy let's get let's get a view from chris real quick and a view from our uh our, our government official on the same issue. So first is I think to the question of how do we build something that's inclusive, I think part of what's so good about the, the way the metaverse is happening is we're in the very early stages and we're having the conversation at Davos. We're having the conversation in, um, among industry. The internet sort in some ways just, just happened and we found ourselves in, in many cases scrambling to understand how to apply some of the safety standards we wanted. We hadn't figured out encryption when the internet was born. Oh, why don't you talk about how the United States government invented the Internet? No, no, they'll never mention that. Um, we hadn't figured out um, uh, examples like the right to be forgotten. I think the good news for now is we're going in with, with at least the Internet as a set of examples that we can use for better and for worse on some of the, how we solve some of the problems. To the question on connectivity, a lot of us you know, collectively are working on connectivity. Um, there's going to need to be infrastructure that's not built yet, one. I think a number of the folks here and a number of the panels have focused on that infrastructure. But I think number two, we need to make sure that it doesn't require expensive hardware. There needs to be consumer experiences on phones. We're quickly getting to a world where most people are going to have a phone, um, where they can have access to the experiences so that we're not, we're not building a universe for expensive sort of wealthy sort of early adopters. Of course they're not building a universe for expensive wealthy early adopters it's not that they're building this universe for you and me they're building this universe to plug the african gentleman with a loincloth and a spear living in a hut in africa that's who they're building this universe for these people are not going to spend their time inside of this giant matrix prison planet video game they call the metaverse these people are going to be out here in the real world either in a bunker underground or up uh, commanding us from Mars or one of their space stations 
while they bark down orders to us while we're living inside the metaverse until they do whatever they're going to do with us, get rid of us, turn us into batteries. Of course these people are not going to be in the metaverse. You think these people make their millions and billions of dollars by sitting inside of the metaverse? You think Peter Thiel and Elon Musk and these people are going to live inside of the metaverse? Of course, it's going to be done on cheap devices. They're going to strap a $200 VR headset on your head and jam a Neuralink plug into your brain. They're already talking about this because it is made for you and me. It is not designed for them. The kings and queens will not live inside of the peasant village. No, we will be. They will remain in their castles sipping wine and eating real steak while they force us to eat 3D-printed cricket turds. You know, I just want to add um, a few points here. Web 1.0, the level of knowledge and sophistication that we had about building this universe was very limited. It was like a yellow pages online on a screen, and there weren't any rules or very limited rules. And as we evolved, we actually found out that there are so many requirements that we have within Web 2.0 and today within this socially connected world that we need to uh, enforce and actually put forward, like the right to be forgotten, the right of access, and so on and so forth. I think going into the metaverse, we are a lot more sophisticated about what the digital world needs, especially since we have precedents, right? Like Second Life, there are so many examples here that can help us actually understand what are the first founding blocks of the metaverse. That's the first thing. On emerging technologies, I really think that expression is... No, you see the point of Second Life, Minecraft, uh, a lot of these other ones I have mentioned is this gentleman from the government from United Arab Emirates just said we have precedent now from the studies that came out of Second Life and other places to be able to develop the governmental structures of the metaverse. See, I told you. All those games that your kid is playing, like Minecraft and Roblox, are just test pilots. They're collecting analytics. They've been studying your children, studying habits, studying interactions. So that they could lay the foundation, as he just admitted to, for the governing, uh, governmental structure of the metaverse, which has been the dream for quite some time going to be better in terms of expression of imagination, IP, and so on and so forth. So you'll be able to build things on the metaverse, even if you did not have a lab in the real world or the chemicals or the resources necessary to build them. And second, we can simulate a lot better. So I think that we will be able to really build fast on the metaverse and then deploy in the real world if it works. Um, we have to leave the conversation there. We have gone over time. I want to tell you this was... Okay, so let me just tell you, I was about to go over time too. Ladies and gentlemen... What I want you to walk away from this conversation with, hopefully, is a clear understanding of the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, the Internet of Senses, the Internet of All Things, smart cities, uh, fake meat, which we threw into this conversation, the 3D printing of meat and such, and now the metaverse. I think you have enough to have an understanding of this
part of this technological prison planet, this technocracy, this transhumanist dream that these people have. I think you've got a good grasp on that. And as I said, over time, we will cycle back and I will get into cryptocurrencies, non-fungible tokens, and things of that nature, components within this metaverse system that is being built. But right now, I think... You have enough ammo, enough things to absorb. Some of you I know take notes. You take screenshots if you're watching at pain.tv slash gold. And you're keeping sort of a journal of this, almost like it's a class. And let me tell you, I'm learning too as I'm going through this stuff, doing my research, brushing up on things I've researched, reading new material. And so as I find more things, I will plug them in to the show. But I think right now you should have a fairly solid understanding understanding of what's going on it's so much sort of disjointed information out there that i understand it gets difficult when you're doing research on your own you get pulled in a hundred different directions and so i've sort of trained myself over the years to find the best sources the most accurate sources sources as close to the creators the architects the engineers the investors of the technologies coming out so that we can take their own words as we did right here in this world economic forum and use that to educate ourselves and so we can only believe the people that are actually building it as to what is coming where they're at how far they've gotten along um, and that's what i try to do so hopefully i've done a decent job of breaking this down for you i hope you have an understanding of what the metaverse is but most importantly i hope you see through a discussion like this that the creators the engineers the social engineering wardens of the prison planet are meeting not just in secret but right out and open to discuss things like like privacy and how they're going to prove you're a human and all of these other things that come into play. So it is very real. There's money behind it. There's time behind it. The governments are involved. The quote-unquote private sector tech companies are involved. They are all sitting there at the World Economic Forum, this think tank, this international group of people who believe that they are the gods and the purveyors of law and they're going to rule over you and you can see them in action. So to just put your head in the sand, to just just pretend it's not happening to just sit back close your eyes and clear your mind to this and say ignorance is bliss i don't think that's the way to go i wish i could do it i wish things were that easy but again i have a child on the way and so it is my responsibility to try to understand what's coming in the future so that i can make the decisions necessary as to where i am going to to take my child on this journey through life. How much will I explain to them? How much will I allow them access to? Do I teach them that these are the tools of the future? Do I allow them to make choices for themselves of where they want to go in this? I don't know. That's the journey I'm on. Hopefully you're on a similar journey and that's how you ended up here. I appreciate you listening. Tomorrow we're going to get into this Joe Biden executive order. We're going to leave the metaverse behind for a little while. And then after the Joe Biden executive order, I'm going to try to circle back around and tie this into Operation Paperclip, do a little bit of history before we get back into the future. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold, and I'll see you back to the future. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful evening, wonderful morning, whenever you're listening. I love you all. I appreciate it. Good day. Good day.
The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. 